We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am Jethro Jones, your host, and I am excited to invite you to participate in the Transformative Leadership Summit happening August 1st through 14th. We are going to have a great list of amazing guests who will be presenting. Jerry Pascal, John Wenstrom, Bill Ziegler, Chris Weiger, Justin Bader, Will Parker, and a host of other amazing principals and leaders to help you be the best principal you can be. Go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com to sign up. Welcome to the Transformative Leadership Summit. Today, I am going to share with you the live Q&A from the Transformative Leadership Summit session that we did this week. And if you are not part of the Transformative Leadership Summit, then please, please, please go check it out at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. I also put a link in the show notes for you to check it out. I've got to tell you, this has been amazing. And I just uh, finished an interview with Ray McNulty. And this week I added Rose Isaiah and Damon Hargraves to the list. So We've got over 40 people who are part of this summit and you're going to learn so much and it's going to change the way you do things in such a positive way that I, I just know it is because it's changed how I do things. So if you haven't done it yet, please do go and go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com and sign up for the summit. Also, please share that with everybody you know, every other educator because I really want to make an impact on education this year and show how powerful an online asynchronous professional development opportunity can be. So please share it. There's 40 amazing educators for you to learn from. And thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Okay, here we are. We are in the webinar. And let's uh, hope that this time it works a little bit better. All right. We got it now. (laughs) Peggy signed up over on the other side, so hopefully um, we'll be able to get people over here. Did you email the other folks like Pat and Maha and Jennifer and Jeremy? I didn't grab all their names, so I'm going to have to. I'm going to try to go back in there and figure out how to invite them to this one. 
Uh, I shared the link, so if they're on there, they can see it. Okay, and if they just refresh the page also, they'll be able to uh, to get in there. And I put the new code in the new one, so hopefully that'll work. Otherwise, we're going to have an awesome webinar, just you and me, buddy. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I uh, kind of messed up on that, but oh well. That's okay. Stuff happens. Make mistakes, right? That's right. <laughs> All right, Jeremy made it in. Thanks, yes. Jeremy. Yes. Way to persevere, buddy. That's right. Hey, Jeremy, type uh, type where you're from. What's your role and uh, what school do you serve? Pat's here, too. Yay, good job. Peggy, they're all coming over. Phew. Jeremy, Peggy, Pat, I would love to know where you're located and what school you serve or what your role is, how you connected to education. And I'm going to time to see how long it takes the chat to start refreshing. Oh, also, it takes a little while for us to see what people are saying. So if you got a question, you can go ahead and put it in the uh, question box, which is down here on this side over here. And you can uh, just start putting your questions in there, and then we can start answering them in there. So I think uh, I got a couple questions on Boxer. I'm going to see if I can throw in there. Sounds good. But again, everybody, thanks Thanks for uh, persevering. Wow, Jeremy's all the way from Barcelona, elementary principal, 11 p.m. So it's your bedtime, Jeremy. And uh, Chicago, Jeff just left Chicago four weeks ago. Born and raised. Very cool. Very cool. Jeremy, what'd you do while you were in uh, Chicago a few weeks ago? Visit family or something like that? Pat's near Buffalo, New York Teacher Center director. Very cool. All right. Pat, do you know a guy named Francis uh, McGreevy by any chance? He's up in Buffalo, New York as a principal. He worked in Berwyn. Okay. Just left there to move here. Barcelona treating you better than Berwyn, I'm guessing. You see the picture he tweeted on uh, what it, where he watches the Leadership Summit at? Oh, I remember that now. Yeah, because I said uh, I was jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm making the connection now. Dang. Good for you, man. That's awesome, Jeremy. And Peggy, I remember you from uh, our blabs. I haven't been on there in a while, but we always had a good time connecting. I'm guessing they're still doing those too. Nice. Hey, Peggy, where are you a university pre-service instructor at? Daniel and I were just talking about how to start getting some uh, college credit for this. And so we need a connection with the university. I've got one here in Alaska that I'm working with, but, you know, like to have some backup. So you probably know someone at Arizona State still, I imagine, right? Peggy, Peggy. <laughs> Baxter, help us out. <laughs> no, I think that's next level for us. Uh, we would really we would really appreciate being able to offer all the fantastic school leaders that participate in this online summit uh, continuing education credits. So I think, you know, if they if they if you dig in, right? If you take these leadership lessons, we've gotten tremendous responses uh, from just what? This is day 4. It's going by so fast, but you know, by digging into those those tips and then actually implementing them right within their school communities, uh, leaders are going to grow personally. Staff they're going to be taken care of, and the kids they're going to be achieving at a higher level. And so we think that definitely is worthy of continuing education credits. So Peggy, we need your help. Jeremy, Aurora University, yes, just west, right by Naperville, where my aunt used to live. Cool. Hook us up. Yeah, so if you know anybody or have uh, connections, let us let us know, and we'll uh, 
we'll definitely reach out and try to make it happen so that people can get some extra benefit from this. Cause like Daniel was saying, it's going to impact all of our kids a lot. So uh, just a reminder right down there, <laughs> there's a questions tab. And if you click that, you can put some questions in and uh, hopefully that'll, that'll work out well. I put a couple questions in there for, to get us started. Um, these are on Voxer. Uh, in one of the groups I'm in, they're asking, how does your school community define success for your school? How do you measure it? How does your school define a positive school culture? And how do you measure it? And culture is something that we're really going to get into the last uh, few days of the summit. Boom. And what saving the best for last, not that it's not the most important because it is the most important. It's what we want you to leave with. So we've got some great conversations that are going to be happening. I just uh, wrapped up the interview with Sean Gaylord, um, mm. who's the creator of the Celebrate, Celebrate Monday. Woo, woo. So that'll be a, that'll be a good one. So Daniel, what are, what are some of your thoughts on, on measuring and defining a positive school culture. Yeah, I was just talking about that in my interview today, so <laughs> I'll use a similar answer. But you know, a positive school culture. Uh, I think too often, and it's it's so easy, right? It's human nature to focus on the negative and uh, discipline problems or the the complexities of our job and that sort of thing. So, in terms of a positive school culture, I think you need to, to build into the the community. Obviously, something like a, maybe a PBIS focus, and so. I want to have a culture that rewards staff members and students for their positive contributions. And let me share two examples of how we did that. For the staff members, we did we did something called the Dr. Howard Award. And Dr. Betty Howard was an amazing uh, special ed teacher at our school, and she was murdered um, with you know senseless gun violence. Uh, she actually worked a second job. Too many teachers have to do that uh, in Chicago and around our nation, probably around the world. And uh, she she was a realtor on the side, and so. As she was working one day, uh, just gang violence and a stray bullet went through uh, uh, the building wall and struck her and killed her instantly. She was an amazing woman, and we wanted to continue honoring her life, so we decided to uh, start the Dr. Howard Award. And our values at Brooks, the school I, I used to be employed at, uh, we valued three things. Hopefully, I could remember them. Energy, right? High energy. Collaboration, because you got to do it as a team. None of this isolation stuff. And then going the extra mile. And Dr. Howard was all about going the extra mile. So what we would do is we, we would have uh, students, staff members, and parents each month nominate uh, a staff member that embodied that, going the extra mile. And there was a few questions, just, you know, how do they exemplify this trait, et cetera, et cetera. There was a place for them to, uh, the nominee, to share who they were, right? And then as a culture and climate team, we would pull all that stuff. It was a Google survey, went to a spreadsheet. We'd read through them and then award somebody, uh, you know, the award. Uh, the neat thing is that person, sure, they got their name on a plaque. So they were, you know, uh, recognized that way, name, picture on the TVs around the school, yes, on the website. That's all great. But the part that I really appreciate is that every single nominee, they received a form, and I actually paid my mom to do this. I love, I love this part of the story. Uh, taking all that data, right, all the nominees, what was said about them, and I would pay her 20 bucks an hour. And I said, Mom, turn it into this document. I'm going to print them off at school and then throw it in everyone's mailbox. And so 
couple things there. One, pay your mom, take care of your moms, <laughs> but also delegate stuff, right? Like as a, as a leader in the school, that's not a good use of my time. Yes, of course, I had the skill set to pull that out, right? My mom's retired, and maybe there was somebody else I could, I could have found for that. But get stuff off your plate, low-level stuff like that. But then the other thing is, how do you celebrate honor people, getting back to the question, which is positive school culture? And that was one of the best days, uh, you know, during the month at Brooks every single month. And you would see people. They would read it. Sometimes they would cry. And it was just, it was just such a touching moment where you can see that Peggy said this about me. Jethro said this about me, right? And these things were all in the classrooms and people's offices above their desks. It was just a great way to honor people. So that's, that's staff. And then in terms of students uh, in PBIS, we developed Brooks Points. And this was just a way to catch students making positive contributions in the classroom, in the hallway, around the campus, in the community. And we would uh, circle, we had a few traits that were learner profiles, right? So the educator would circle what trait it was connected to, put the kid's name, put the date, put a brief description of what happened, and then they would put how many points they earned, which was just totally ridiculous. It meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. But, you know, kids would love this. High school kids, too. They would say, is that worth 500 points? Is that worth 1,000? No, this one's worth 10,000 points. And they would freak out. It was totally, it didn't mean anything. The points didn't mean anything. But they would take those cards, they would drop it into a raffle box, and then once a week we would pull um, from each grade level, we would read the anecdote that was shared about the kid, and the kid could win anything from a Subway gift card, Walmart gift card. It's high school, so they got free tickets to prom, et cetera, et cetera. And we also tracked, too, we had a, a counselor. She stepped in, and God, God, I love her for that. And she tabulated all the kids every single week of who was earning these Brooks points. And at the end of the year, too, the kid that was referred the most, or uh, maybe the top three, they earned some pretty big gifts like PS4, Xbox One, uh, Chromebooks, TVs, refrigerator, that kind of stuff. So, Jethro, what do you think about school culture? <laughs> well, uh, I think you got a lot going on there that certainly is powerful. Uh, the thing, you know, I would add or that I would ask you is, what is this uh, school climate and community team that you were talking about? Oh, what was that called? You know, what's neat. I was talking to. Um, I was talking to my former principal, and, and hopefully I'll get to work with him again. He's a community superintendent there in Spring Branch uh, Independent School District in Houston. And the, the reason I'm sharing that is because we do these things, right? The culture and climate team or everything we did at Brooks, it became just like breathing. And so I don't think about it. And then there's that, there's that phrase, uh, I think it comes from Derek Sivers, but the idea is that what's ordinary to you, right, is extraordinary to me. So, yeah, I take all that stuff for granted. We have something really cool in Chicago. It depends on the school, right, if they think it's cool or not. But the University of Chicago, they do something called the Five Essentials Data Survey. Staff fills it out. Students fill it out. Parents fill it out. No administrators. And it, it really targets all sorts of issues of organizational health, right, from voice, autonomy, to safety, everything, everything there. And we had scored low in terms of teachers and kids feeling appreciated within the building. There was a lot of change uh, when we first came in, and our tenure was five years. And so 
you know, we, we, we really poured over that data. And unlike a lot of schools that would get a report like that, we actually did something with it. And we, we put in system structures, processes to respond to the data. So this was a response to uh, getting lower marks, right, with school culture. And so uh, Mr. Weaver, Principal Weaver, charged me with making an impact there. I think this is one of my strengths as a leader. Like, I love this type of stuff. I'm not so much the operational, like, how, do, you know, how, how does our school function? I'm a people person, like, making sure they feel valued, honored, all that sort of stuff. So anyways, started the team. And it was important to me to get a representative from every department, including the counseling department, and, you know, opened it up. Uh, people were able to apply. Uh, and then if, you know, honestly, some, some departments didn't apply. So I approached them one-on-one -on -one and, uh, encouraged them to participate. And so we just formed that team. We met every other week. Uh, it was in the morning before school started and we would discuss different things. So Dr. Howard award was one Brooks points. How do we honor kids? Uh, that was another, uh, we brought restorative practices to the school as well. And, uh, you know, had them be an integral part in terms of how we, handled discipline within the school. And so these are just some of the things that we discussed uh, on a biweekly basis. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And what I like about that is that you're actually just going in and doing um, the work that needs to be done. And, you know, that's a powerful thing to be able to do. But you're getting other people involved and making it a team effort and making people excited about that opportunity. So I just think that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. not not every school has a team like that, hmm. and so there's there's real power in being able to create that. Our school has what's called a sunshine. Community. Oh, sunshine! Like Danny's sunshine. Yeah. All right, there you go. You like that? <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's something that we do as a team to recognize people, and that's you know they give flowers when there's funerals or new babies or things like that. And so it's a pretty, pretty awesome, awesome thing to have there, but it's not quite as developed as what yours is. And we're certainly not recognizing everybody. Now, the real question I got to ask though, is when you're recognizing people, does it turn into this, like everybody has to get recognized or how does that work? No, I mean, cause it's, it's uh, com completely community driven and organic. So, uh, you know, the, the only people that got stuff in their mailbox were people that were nominated. And so I, I was in, I was interested in how people would react to that, you know, the first few months because there's folks that did not get nomination forms. But the interesting thing is, you know, they asked, what is this? You know, how do I get nominated and that sort of thing? And it kind of was a mindset shift. It got some people to focus on what is the value I bring to this community? Because here, here's what I hate, Right. Uh, something that really, really, really bothers me is when folks, they even say this or sometimes they don't. They're there just to teach sixth grade English from eight o'clock until 3.30. You're never going to be a truly great educator if that's your mindset. And so, you know, one of the things I saw when people started seeing the nomination forms go out, they were inquiring, how do I get one? It got them to think about what, what is the value I do add to the community? What are the relationships I build here? You know, it's, just, it's very introspective. And for some people, it's kind of hard. But I saw a lot of folks that weren't getting nominated regularly start to get nominated. So, you know, I, I think that was a good thing. I, I used to collect data on it. I don't have it memorized. But I think 80% of the staff did get nominated, you know, at some point in time. So that's cool. You know, 
a lot of a lot of educators uh, at Brooks and staff, support staff. Some of our security guards were some of the highest nominated people just because they developed incredible, incredible relationships with their kids. And the kids felt like they truly uh, loved them, that they would uh, keep them safe and protect them. If they're going through a really hard time, they would listen and offer good advice. You know, and, and if you think about, too, uh, you know, state of uh, families, like whole whole families, right, uh, in our nation, mm-hmm. it's something to really consider, uh, especially with the lack of fathers, too. And so it was a neat, it was a neat thing for guys to really be able to step in in that way and, and be father figures and uh, talk to, to guys and girls about, you know, as if they were sons and daughters. Yeah, but, that is, yeah. we did not nominate everybody, so... You got to earn that stuff. <laughs> That's right. And if it's too routine that you just get it because, then that's not really going to do that much to to help you. You know, it's going to be, oh, well, that teacher over there that we know is not doing what we're all trying to do. Right. They're still, they're still getting it. And we, we certainly don't want that to happen. Yeah. And see, I, I see so, what Peggy says. I don't think it became routine for the people that were earning it quite a bit because they love, they love that stuff. I mean... You know, if you think about it, too, with education, we don't uh, we're not going to be able to give them a lot of time off. We're not going to be able to give a lot of monetary rewards. So recognition for hard work and the value you add to a community is like a key lever that you got to just keep keep pulling. You know, I think and uh, our folks, they they definitely responded to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask and answer Ashley's question and I'm going to do this on Facebook Live as well. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I do like that? it. So, yeah, Peggy, your idea of random acts of kindness, I think that that is, is a pretty powerful thing also. And I've seen some real cool things happen because of that. So, all right. So the next question is is from Ashley. And uh, she's in, she asked this in the Facebook group. And she asked, when do or should you read a book for professional learning from front to back? And when should you pick out chapters or sections that you think are relevant to facilitating dialogue with your PLC. And if you do the latter, could the key points be misinterpreted because lack of context, not taking into consideration with other parts of the book as a whole. And then the next part of the question, the is, next part, that's a lot, a lot of stuff to the first uh, part. Can you drop that in there? Cause uh, I'm, I'm not, the, the next part. I'm like, a, you know, I'm losing focus. Can you drop the question yeah. in there? <laughs> yep. Let me, and everybody, I, I dropped um, a link to a blog post that was crowdsourced, uh, 12, 12 great educators uh, outside of myself added how they appreciate <laughs> they added uh, how they appreciate their staff members uh, you know so you might find value from that okay whoa yeah so big question right so go down like halfway down to where it says number two how exactly do you go slow to go fast so in Kimberly's question or in Kimberly's interview she was talking about reading and how she goes slow so that she can go fast. And basically that idea of going slow to go fast is so that you can take what you're doing. You can take the concepts that you're learning from this book and you go slow until people are ready. And then once people are ready, then you can go really fast and make things happen. So it starts out being a, uh, 
Like we're taking our time, we're going through this slowly, but then as you get better at it and as people start to understand more, then you switch over to going fast and then you're just cruising. So let me give a good example of this. Well, actually, I'll give an example from my current school because I think this is a little bit better. We started a building leadership team at my school halfway through my first year. And the things that we were doing, the questions that we were asking, we were taking our time, we were going slow. There wasn't a lot of real movement happening. So then we were able to go to a conference with a bunch of us together. And because we had taken those four months to just like get to know each other and take time and and learn from each other, when we got to the conference, we were able to sit down and in two hours crank out a plan for the next school year that we actually fulfilled and actually did. So we went slow in the beginning and didn't make a ton of changes and just debated and philosophized and all that stuff. And then when the time came for us to actually take action, that's when we actually took action. And so I think that that is how you go slow to go fast. So in the context of reading this book, to answer Ashley's question specifically is, do you take out a little bit here and there or do you go really deep? What does that look like? I would say that you find what your people are comfortable with and then take them to the next level so that they're ready to go fast at that time. So hopefully that answers Ashley's questions, but you know, I think that that's a good, a good introduction to that. Um, the idea of going slow to go fast is important. So Kimberly Mahiney, I hope I said your name right. Sorry about that. She asks how to speak to a colleague about their insistence on undermining everything I do while complaining to everyone. She's a great teacher, but what do we do? So, you know, I think that that is a really good question. And in Jennifer Abrams' uh, interview today, she's going to talk a lot about how to do that. She, One of my favorite terms from her talk is to avoid the saliva reaction, which is the reaction that you get when you talk to people sometimes. And um, I think that uh, Kimberly, definitely go and watch her interview. You're going to get a lot from it. And one of the things that I think we need to be really aware of is making sure that we're not bringing our own ideas of what's actually happening to the table. Ma Winnie. Thank you, Kimberly. Ma Winnie. (laughs) All right. Thanks for fixing that. So, you know what? What you want to do when you when you have those conversations is instead of saying you are undermining everything, you want to make sure that you're clear about what's your interpretation and what is is their issue. So you know, uh, I talk a lot about storylines and how storylines um, start playing in our head, and we get these ideas of what's going on, and we tell ourselves a story, and the narrative that we are telling further tells the point of the story. And that is not always the case that that is what is happening. And so what you need to do is you need to find a way to have that conversation so you can get clear about what's actually happening from their perspective. So instead of thinking that just because you feel like they are, they are part of some group that's undermining you, you need to actually talk to them. And the way I do that is I, I have a literal card that's a storyline card. And if you do the, um, the all access pass, then you can, you can get those communication cards that I do. I give somebody a storyline card and I say, here's my storyline. That card is a signal to that person to take what I'm about to say, recognize that I am being 
vulnerable. I'm asking them to be vulnerable. And we need to find a way to open up some lines of communication here. So it's a really powerful exercise that works all the time. 99% of the time, people do not do not have their storylines correct. And so when that happens, what you can then do is you can start talking to them about how they can they can adjust their storyline or what the truth is. And once you know what the truth is, so Kim, this teacher may be not really excited about something, but what you need to figure out is why she's feeling that way. And then what you can do to help her feel better about the situation. Now, that's not always easy. And sometimes that is very difficult. And sometimes people don't want to engage in those conversations. And sometimes your relationship is so negative that you've already burned that bridge. And you're not going to be able to recover from that anytime soon. It's going to take a long time. And, you know, Peggy, you're totally right. The issue is is about the relationship. And you've got to fix that. And you've got to be able to to get it better so you can focus on that growth. Now, that's not easy to do. What I want to share with you now is how I did that with my staff so they understood what it was that that those storyline cards meant. So I took a meeting and I went through and talked about all of the different cards. There's, I have a crisis in my personal life. It's all about the money. That means that we need to talk about money, but it's awkward to talk about money. So Let's talk about, let's find a way to get past that awkwardness of talking about money. So I, I showed all the communication cards that I had, and then I told them that this is how we were going to deal with whatever issues came up. And by having those story, those different cards, those communication cards, you can like stop a bad conversation from happening right away because of your preparation for that. So that just lets everybody know what we're going to talk about. And then when we know what we're going to talk about, then we can react appropriately. And so in a staff meeting, I told everybody what it was. I was out there and I said, I promise if you come and talk to me and you have the storyline, I will be honest with you about what I'm feeling and I will expect honesty in return. And so one of my teachers said that when I, when she gives me the storyline card, she sees a physical change come over me so that she knows that I am reacting appropriately. So those uh, communication cards are so powerful and so awesome. And I would say, Kim, what you need to do is go to that teacher with a storyline card and say, this is what the storyline card is. Here's my storyline. Am I right or am I wrong? If I'm right that you're undermining me, that's totally not appropriate. If I'm wrong, then... I, I'll be corrected and go ahead and, and tell me that I'm the one in the wrong. And you can deal with that as a leader. You can take that feedback. But the real key is if you're going to give the storyline card, you need to listen. You need to listen to what that person says and you need to let them talk to you however they want. And it's not about getting them in trouble if they say things that are inappropriate. It's about getting that out in the open so that you can actually find the problem and actually solve it. I totally That's agree. About. <laughs> Thank you. I, I thought you did. <laughs> All right. Um, good news. Yeah, I do. But I have another interview Monday too. So, um, but it looks like I'll be uh, awesome. bringing my talents down to Texas. Woo, woo. Yeah. That's it's uh, awesome. it's kind of crazy. So That's cool. How cool that we get to be part of this awesome Yeah, experience. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, I don't know. Still kind of 
pinching myself, right? I haven't, I haven't even processed it in my mind. So as you guys could see when, when I left, like I am packed up, I've been, I've been packed up for about, about a week and a half. And so, you know, just trying to, to pray and have peace and uh, believe that this was all going to work out and uh, had a couple paths I was pursuing and, you know, it looks like um, my number one path is going to, going to hit. So just pretty wild and uh, very, very fortunate, very thankful for all that. So, hey, uh, did we talk? How long is this one going on for? Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. This one's supposed to go for 30 minutes. So unless we got more questions here in the chat, which we don't. I, I've got one. I've got one. That's why I was in the Have you talked about the All Access Pass and all the goodies you get? I talked about one goodie, which is my. Oh, I heard you talking about that. Okay. Well, I'll add mine then too. the um, leadership sprint. I don't have the date memorized, uh, viewers. Peggy. 28th, uh, Peggy, Jeremy, Pat. Thank you. Thank you, Jethro. What would I do without you, my brother? And Melissa, Lynn, and Kimberly oh, for real? on Facebook Live. I hope you get Daniel talking. I'm, so I'm doing a double thing. Nice. Where I got the... What's up, guys? Facebook. Love it. Very cool. Thank you, Jethro, for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you could hear me on Facebook, too. But the idea of the leadership sprint was pretty... I mean, it's, this is a lot of fun. I ran it once. Uh, shoot, when was that one? You participated. I thought was that April. That was in May. And yeah, you know, May 21st. I, I borrowed and massaged the idea, right? Because Jethro and I also did a very similar experience. And I'm going to be transparent with Seth Godin. And he designed a really great uh, online workshop to push leaders to think in, in different ways and creative ways about leadership. And I enjoyed the experience so much. I know that I have an audience, right, of school leaders uh, that subscribe to my email newsletter. They, they download the podcast. And so I said, I want to do something similar, steal the format, not the content, and give it to school leaders. And so that's what I did. So basically, here's how it goes. And I would love you to participate. You know, if you get the invest in all access pass, then you will be uh, free admission for this. And so there's going to be, I don't know, I think it's 10 to 11, maybe 12 videos that are all about leadership. And it's looking at leadership from a variety of perspectives. Each video is five minutes, three to five minutes. And I just, I try to teach by telling stories. That's, that's my style. And I think that's the way people like, you know, to listen to, right? So, and you're, what? you're so good at I was looking at my hair though so, in some of those videos. I'm like, man, I need to re record. I, I needed a haircut, you know? I mean, I need a haircut now too, but uh, this, I really needed a haircut, but you know, I'm just going to be true to myself. I am who I am, right? So anyways, tell stories and talk about leadership and you, you watch those videos. And then the beauty of it is we are in Slack. It's similar to this webinar in terms that we can chat together, uh, but Slack is an online tool. It's free to use. So I really, I push schools to try to use this and I'm going to go on a tangent here. We used it uh, within Brooks to serve our neediest students, the ones that were failing multiple classes. And in Slack, it's really neat. You can make these different what we call channels. Uh, so I made a channel for every single student that was failing multiple classes. And we piloted this. So it was small. We were talking about eight kids. But then the teachers were assigned to each of those channels. And then instead of going back and forth over email, trying to remember, did I reply all, did I attach stuff, et cetera, et cetera. You can ping people that you want to specifically talk to. You could drop files in. It integrates with Dropbox, uh, Google Drive, Evernote, all this great stuff. Um, and so it was just it was a fantastic way to 
communicate with a lot less barriers. In terms of the leadership sprint, this is just a place to collaborate with other driven, smart leaders such as yourselves watching this webinar. So you watch the video, there's a prompt in, a, in, in some type of response that you need to make, and it's either an individual writing assignment that you then share with the group and respond to each other, or it's a group writing assignment that you do together. Uh, and that's what you do, and it takes about two and a half hours it sounds like a long time, but it happens uh, like that really, really fast. And by the end, you've made some really cool friends and had a great leadership experience. That's for you for free, all Access Pass investors. Boom. Going to love it. You're going to love it. I can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. In addition to that, <laughs> I got my little mute button so they don't hear me double talking on Facebook Live. In addition to that, you've got the uh, all the videos. All the videos that you can access whenever you want. So you don't have to wait for them to come out or worry about the expiration. You go to them when you want. You get MP3s of everything that is... Uh, um, Take it on the go. Videos, but in MP3 Take format. That's right. And so, you know, one uh, person on Voxer today said that she's loving the All Access Pass because she gets to right. listen to it at her own pace and she's a little bit behind. And so she can still have those conversations and because she's on Voxer, she has the uh, All Access Pass Voxer group that I invited all the presenters to. So she thanked Jeff Zoll for Such a his. Cool guy. Yeah, awesome dude. And then he replied and said, you're welcome and have a great day. So, I mean, how cool is that, that you get that direct feedback from people? Also, there's a private Facebook group. So right down here at the bottom of the screen, if you're on the... Uh, where is the finger? There it is. If you're on the uh, webinar, then there's a link to the All Access Pass. It's also in the emails. So if you want to do that, then yes, please uh, join in. And so the the Voxer group has been uh, pretty cool. We've been able to have some some conversations with. Oh, I just turned on the off the All Access Pass on the bottom. I didn't want to say anything. About that. So. It's been cool to have that Voxer group and the uh, Facebook group for all the presenters and the All Access Pass holders. So you can get in there and start interacting with with those people right away. So, you know, I I just am excited to be doing this. I'm learning a ton. I know you are too. And I, I'm just glad that you're there. And uh, thanks for showing up and being part of this. And any other parting words, Dan? No, I'm just honored that you you know participated in the webinar. I hope you've been enjoying the videos and have been getting a lot of value from it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why we have the All Access Pass. Those videos go away after 48 hours, uh, but your learning doesn't have to stop. So by, by now, I think you see the value, right, of investing in it. You can listen to it on the go as an MP3s. And that's cool. I mean, that's enough in, in, in its own, to be honest, right? But because of the bonuses, like the cards, the sprint, uh, there's other bonuses that come along with it. I mean, that just kind of pushes it over the, the tip, you know, for me, over the edge. I think that's a no-brainer. So uh, it's been awesome interacting with everyone, answering a few questions. Sorry I had to run for a minute, but, uh, you know, just appreciate everybody here. Day five, starting tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you all for coming. It's been a, a pleasure, and we'll see you on the other side next time we see you. Bye-bye. So that was a really great uh, webinar that we did and um, just want to, again, invite you to join the Transformative Leadership Summit and connect with the other amazing, great educators out there. I hope that you'll take what you're learning and improve your school and make your school 
just amazing, even more amazing than it is. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, your school is already amazing. I want you to take it to the next level. So join the Transformative Leadership Summit at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Links in the show notes. And you can help transform your school. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.